This episode of the Dawson D Show is brought to you by Fleet Plant Hire Solutions. Do you have an earth-moving project coming up, D? Look no further than Fleet Plant Hire Solutions. With over 2,000 qualified contractors and an experienced team, they're the one-stop solution for all your earth-moving needs. Whether you need excavation, truck hire, or plant hire, they have you covered. And with their focus on customer service, they'll be there every step of the way to deliver on your project need. Oh, yes, please, Doss. Their innovative material tracking technology and resources allow them to handle any project, big or small. And their expert team ensure that the job is done right every single time. Fleet Plant Hire Solutions, the one-stop solution for all your earth-moving needs. Visit them at fph.com.au. Now let's get into the episode. All right, Dosti, we've landed here in Brisbane, mate. Firstly, how good's the studio? Mate, very lucky to be here. Very, very lucky. Looking forward to it. I'm very excited to show. Welcome our guest. Welcome the guest. Our guest today is one of the best midfielders in the AFL. He's a premiership player and a best and fairest winner with the Western Bulldogs and now is an absolute star for the Brisbane Lions. Josh Dunkley, welcome to the Dawson D Show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Mate, how's... Uh, we're just chatting life up in Brisbane, mate. It's uh, it's different. It's, it's warmer. It's... It's nicer. It is, it is. <laughs> we were sort of just talking about it off air, weren't we? Just the, the lifestyle in general, like the mm. weather. You can't complain. Even today is an absolute perler outside. So it's nice to be able to, you know, obviously get your footy stuff done. But at the same time, then when you can go home and, and outside of football, just so much more enjoyable, I mm. feel. You're looking very tan too, by the way. Looking <laughs> I've got a bit more of a tan, mate. It's well, good. We were just saying, we, uh, we came in and there was a newspaper a Brisbane newspaper. I don't even know which one it was. But uh, Doss and I decided we'll have a look at how many pages before we see an AFL player, you know, from back to front. So it took about seven, but the man in front of us was the man we saw, which was uh, <laughs> looking very, that. very sharp. But, mate, what are some of the main differences, firstly, between life, you know, as a Bulldog player and a Brisbane player, especially in the cities? Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about the the Melbourne bubble. I feel like that's one of the, the big differences for me that I've noticed so far is just the fact that, you know, when you walk the streets or if you go to a cafe, there's not many people looking at you. It's just like you're, you know, another person, which we are in general. Like yeah. we actually are another person. It just doesn't feel like that when you're in Melbourne. So being up here, it's a lot more relaxed and you feel like the, the eyes aren't really on you as much, which is nice. So you can sort of get away from football, I feel, which is very important for, you know, everyone talks about mental health and things like that. Yeah. And um, I think coming up here, it's been so refreshing for me to be able to get away from all that and obviously just focus on footy and life in general, which mm. has been nice. Mate, you boys are in some good form too. You're going very well. Off to play in Melbourne, back uh, back to Melbourne against the Blues, mate. Yeah, so obviously it was a disappointing start for us. We lost to Port Adelaide over there in round one, which is a bit of a pantsing, to be honest. We um we weren't great that day, and I feel like it's just a it was a connection piece. Like the all the new guys coming in, me as well, um, included in that, just trying to find you know how we're going to play together. And the last few weeks, I think we've been. Last five weeks, I think it was four and one. So mm. starting to, you know, really find that click and, and work together and build that chemistry, which has been nice. Big, yeah. uh, big Horn Francis looked good though, round one. So he, he did very well. <laughs> he and did, he, He's mate. looking in form too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, mate, he's a very impressive player. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone talks about, it's a highly topical thing in Melbourne. I think in, amongst the media is how much they talk about him and he's going to be a serious, serious player. Like what I came, came up against in round one was a good player. He's unbelievable. Very Dangerfield like mm. yeah. the, the power. Yeah. You mentioned um, like getting out of the Melbourne bubble, which is really interesting. When you were in Melbourne, how do you go with people coming up to you all the time? Are you the kind of bloke that enjoys taking photos, signing autographs? I don't know if people sign autographs anymore. That <laughs> yeah, might be what, years ago. But taking pictures and having a chat or do you prefer, you know, in your own space, taking your own time and not getting amongst it? Yeah, it's a good question because I think it varies with a lot of players. Yeah. Me personally, I've, I try to embrace that. So I, yeah. you know, get around the people, you know, you put a smile on someone's face yeah. and it means a lot to them and it should mean a lot to you. And I feel like, 
that's the way that I've approached things ever since I was a kid. You know, we get visits from Carlton players down in, in Gippsland, southeast Gippsland, and, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. two and a half hours away from Melbourne. You don't see many people from Melbourne. So to yeah. see footballers, professional footballers, was awesome. So yeah. I try and emulate that now that I'm in that position yeah. um, for those people that, you know, do come up to you. So it's not a stressful thing. It's just more that I feel like you're in footy mode more down in, in Victoria yeah. than you are in Brisbane. 100%. Uh, even, at, you know, you, you go down to Melbourne, the first 10 pages of the back are, are all sport. And they're all AFL. Yeah. Always. It's it's like that. I mean, I guess if you could look at either of us, and we we're going to probably do this a bit later, one of us is a Bulldog supporter. Bulldog's enough. Bulldog's enough. Oh, it, really? Real enough. Yeah. Like, real enough. Who, who do you reckon it is? Oh, I don't know. Do- probably don't know. DOS. Yeah. Well Spot played. On. Well played. Hey, what, what gave it away? Don't know. Just guess. <laughs> it's going to come up, it's, it's gonna come up at later. We're going to uh, really dive into that. But we were actually talking because it's cool. Like, we're going to talk about Adzi shortly and, uh, and yep. maybe some of your new romances up here in Brisbane. But mm-hmm. in terms of <laughs> players and media, this is something we find really interesting. Um, we talked before with the Mutual Connection, Tommy Sheridan, he came on the show and he was saying when he was playing, he wished that there was more access to doing podcasts, being yourself having your personality come out there. And he would admit this, and he said on our show, he took the piss out of himself, but he said it wasn't until he thought he was done where he started showing his personality. Do you think it's a good thing? Do you like the fact that now players have more of a voice and can show you know who they really are without the scrutiny of PG? Yeah, I do. I do. I still think that uh, there's a lot of media out there that actually still players would look at and be like, stuff that, I'm not going to go and do that because he's just going to you know hang shit on me or whatever it might yeah. be. So. I feel like the game has moved more into that space and you can start to see more personalities like, you know, the American versions of, yeah. you know, LeBron James and all these people that are over there doing doing so well. So I feel there's a lot more players doing it, but I still feel like that we've got to release the shackles a little bit more yeah. because you're not going to see, you know, especially younger players, like younger players come in and they're in this bubble and they're all, you know, it's soaking up the environment and they're so nervous about what they say or what they do. Whereas, you know, as you get through the system a little bit more into the, the later years of your career, you start to realize that you can have a voice. Yeah. So to learn what they go through, I think, is a massive thing as well. So, yeah, just to relax a little bit more is probably my my wish. So just, sorry, just when players like Ginnivan, for example, that come into the comp and straight away goes massive on places like TikTok, it shows his personality. How do you feel as an opposition player? Do you get stuck into him or do you think that's awesome? Like you want to embrace that kind of stuff? Me personally, I, I embrace it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, good on him. <clears throat> like he's obviously realised that he's in it. Yeah, it's such a small part of your life, yeah. AFL football. And if you don't make the most of it, like I think the average career these days is four years. Okay. Three years. It's not long, is it? It's yeah. not long at all. So you got to make the most of most of it while you can, I feel like. So someone like Jack Inman, like yeah. good on him. Yeah. But I won't I won't chirp him on the field because yeah. it's like, well, that's what he wants to do. So yeah. good on him. Hundred percent. So for you, right, if when you watch content, whether it's YouTube, I don't know if you watch YouTube and you watch other athletes create their vlogs. We love our um, English football and there's a lot of football. I don't know if you watch the Wrexham Doco or the big soccer club or they're not a big club, but there's a lot <laughs> going on over there. Yeah. Do you enjoy watching that content of other sports? I know you're a big American sports fan. Yeah, I do. I love watching all those documentaries, especially the ones that take you inside the inner sanctum of, of football clubs or you know NBA clubs or NFL mm. clubs, whatever it might be. So I feel like the more insight you can get, the more you can learn off other people too. Like, you know, I learn a lot of my stuff, uh, obviously through Adzi Trelaw, which we'll probably talk about soon, but he then learned it from guys in America. And it's like, well, you learn that through watching these types of 
inside, mm. you know, information kind of things. And yeah, so for me, I feel like that's a it's a big thing to to be able to be able to do for sure. So you think having more media come into the room, say pre and post game, that's a good thing. Is that something you like? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I think it's great. It's it's obviously difficult when you've got so many eyes and there's little things that you might not want to show yeah. that then the general public can see. But yep. these days we do opposition analysis. We know how the opposition wants to play. Yeah. So true. So what's the difference? Like if they know how we want to play, well, they already know how we were going to play. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I don't really don't really care about that kind yeah. of stuff. So, so you like the roaming Brian? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good content. Love it. I think it's good. When you started the pod with Adzi, do you have to go to the Bulldogs and get that signed off? And what's the process and how like, – are they saying, okay, yes, you can do it, but you can't say this, this, and this? Do they put shackles on you in terms of you can't swear or you can't talk about this side of life? Or I'm really interested to hear what restrictions you may have had. Yeah, so initially early days when we said we wanted to do it, it was a bit like, oh, are you sure? Like, we're not too sure about that. You're going to have to tick it off with us. But if you don't – you know, we're not going to go out there and say something – controversial yeah, like yeah. really bad we just want people to understand that we're normal as well as everyone else out there like yeah. we're just another couple of guys doing a podcast that enjoy each other's company and yep. sitting there talking to each other mm, so yep. that element of it was a little bit at the start i think they realized that as soon as they listened to the first, the first couple of episodes that we had mm. it was like oh well these boys are just having yeah. a bit of fun like it's a bit of a laugh whereas we're not going out there and and potting blokes like you know dylan brooks in the nba and stuff yeah. like that to lebron <laughs> james so yeah i, I think, think yeah, they, i think one athlete and you i don't know but tommy mitchell posts a lot of content i know he's doing ball magnets mm. but collingwood have then seen that and taken it and collingwood are creating this type of content too and everyone's loving it yeah well tommy's been a massive advocate for it for a long time i feel like now and obviously with the ball magnet stuff it's it's kicked off quite a bit and i have noticed that collingwood have actually taken a lot of his his stuff <laughs> oh, no. and posted it themselves <laughs> like they're getting giddy in there now yeah, I know. thanks to him so yeah good on him i mean that's what he wants to do it's probably his mm. life post career as well so yeah. It's nice to be able to get started now. I would have thought a team like Brisbane would really benefit from that kind of insight to try and draw more people in a you know NRL-dominated state to the game. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing about yeah. it is if you want to get fans, like a lot of the – and I always look at America because that's yeah. like what I look at all the time, but fans are drawn to players more so than they are clubs. 100%. Yeah. So you want all your player personalities out there and you want people to be liking that type of player, but yeah. then they're connected to the – the footy club, so then it just becomes a oh yeah, let's support that club because he plays for that was Stephen Mil- that was Stephen Milne for me was it literally came to school went and saw him play <laughs> kicked a bag carried on and then straight away I was a St Kilda fan yeah, yeah so I feel like that type of thing is it is how it all connects up now yeah and I feel like they're starting to learn the process a little bit yeah. How is the podcast going? You and Adzi, it looks like it's going well. I, I actually used to listen to it back when you guys did it yourselves, and yep. I loved the uh, Bubba and Jono one. I used yeah. to love those two. That was good. But how's it all going? Yeah, it's going well. So we've obviously joined up with Tommy Sheridan. We talked about him before, the Oz American Aces, it's called now. So that's our umbrella and it's the Ads and Dunks podcast um, in amongst that. And it's similar to what we used to do. It was probably more like this back, you know, 12 months ago. But now we do it obviously online because he's in Melbourne, I'm in, in Brisbane. But it's the same thing. I just go and sit in front of a computer screen for an hour every Tuesday night and we just talk and, you know, some topical things about footy, but then just life in general. And we've yeah. both got partners who live interstate from us so um talk about them a fair bit and it's just us two having a chat which is great and outside of footy and like transitioning is it is a media something you want to go down or do you want to go take podcasting further when you know footy finishes? yeah i'm not too sure i feel like it's a it is a natural thing that 
I've sort of become to like. But yeah, the podcast stuff is really good. Obviously, it'd be nicer to do it in person like we are here today. Yeah. But yeah, down the track, maybe might venture into media. I yeah, might cool. just continue doing podcast stuff. But I do really enjoy this side of it, which is nice. Yeah, nice. How did, um, and I know you probably don't like talking about it too much, but how did the trade and everything finish up? You know, were you happy with, with how it all went and, and getting finally getting what you wanted? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, was a, it was a difficult process. You asked the question, was I happy with how it went? Probably not because it dragged out till <laughs> yeah. five minutes to go in the, in the trade period. But yeah, I mean, I was happy. That's, you know, I felt like, you know, my time at the dogs was, was obviously up and I had my reasons for that. And that, this is what I mean. Like I can say what, what I want to say, but I'm not going to say all the right things and people can make stories out of what I'm going to say. But Well, that's obviously me, happened, hasn't it? Exactly. You know, yeah. and I have felt for you because I'm like, even Bevo came out and stood up for you and said, you know, no, there's a different style of training. Yeah. You know, it's just, I hate when, you know, you get twisted words and yeah. I don't, I, I love that football club. Like I gave mm. my all to that football club, the players, the staff, everyone there. I just had the best time and I wouldn't be where I am today without them and everyone involved. So people need to understand that. Like I'm yeah. not leaving on bad terms. It's just that I've left for what I want to leave for in my life. Like I feel like up here is where my future is. My partner's from up here. Her family's all up here. This is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. So why not get started now? It's a great opportunity yeah. for me. Exciting young list and obviously going really well. So I was, yeah, when you asked me about was I happy with the process, probably not. But yeah. now that it's all done and dusted, I'm, I'm very happy Can, and very settled. I think though you've got a perspective that's different because you just said before footy short. I think so many people that are in that, in that bubble, it's almost like they think footy is the only thing and it's life. Mm. You're thinking much bigger than that. You think you have life – lifestyle away from the game after your career i know we talked about you know you get to be in the same state as your siblings you know what what do you enjoy in life i enjoy nice what, like it just it's more than football yeah well that's exactly it yeah. like i don't i don't look at it any anything different to what you just mentioned it's it's all about how you you know everyone talks about happiness like you just want to be happy with yeah. where you're at and what you're doing and mm. obviously uh yeah having my partner's in Adelaide at the moment, but having her, having known that she wants to come back here when, when she's done and dusted in with netball is, is nice. Yeah. So like there's light at the end of the tunnel, whereas I don't think she was ever going to come to Melbourne. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I know that she'll potentially come back here one day when she's finished and mm. we can, you know, live happy lives. Well, Good. just on your point, Doss, like some of the media do spend their whole careers in the media they might be in there 40 or 50 years so it is their so whole true. life whereas players come in and exit the system and not all of them go into media or coaching they go into whatever it is they're passionate about but i know this you're probably sick of this question but best and fairest night did you have an inkling about winning it or did you think about what you're going to say <laughs> if if the moment came oh yeah i was thinking about it i wasn't <laughs> i had no idea yeah like Absolutely no idea. Because when I told Bevo, when I spoke to Bevo about the trade and um, requesting it and all that kind of stuff, he he mentioned to me, like, are you going to come to the best and fairest? That was one of his questions. And I was like, I wouldn't miss it for the world because I'm not that type of person. Like, I'm not leaving on bad terms. I'm going to the best and fairest. I'm celebrating the year with the boys and the the footy club that I obviously played with. So I'm I'm not that type of person to not go to that. But then... On the night, it was. I was so scared. It was probably the most, <laughs> the most nervous I reckon I've ever been. A man not wanting to win for once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, but I did. I wrote uh, just in case I won yeah. or like was on the podium. I I wrote a speech. So I did. I did make a speech and tried to uh, keep my words together. But I got a bit emotional up there because yeah. it's a sad. It is. It was like a obviously a proud moment, but at the same time, it was a sad. Like obviously leaving the footy club and 
leaving the people that had done so much for mm. me was was difficult too. At least they, there's conspiracy theories in the past about players that should have won best and fairest, and then they uh, they left the club, and then it got rigged. So it, at least it wasn't rigged. That's the uh, like probably could have done that, to be honest. <laughs> now in Brizzy, mate, who's uh, who's the new bromance? Obviously, gets talked about a lot. You and Adzi, that's it won't go away. But who have you kind of warmed to at the lines? Who's who's Adzi worried about? Yeah, oh, he's probably worried about a few. Nah. <laughs> you look twice at a couple of them. And <laughs> yeah. What's nah. the categories we got to tick off when you see a new romance? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, the whole group in general has been really good. I played with a few boys throughout the Vic Country process. So, like, you know, the Berries, the McCluggages. Um, I obviously knew Lockie Neal playing against him a little bit. I actually tagged him a few times. So, <laughs> yeah. we had a couple of times where we were button heads. But, no, nah, yeah, all those guys. I think everyone down there has been really good. Gunner's obviously coming in as well, being a fresh player. From Melbourne, obviously both sort of coming from the same state into yeah. into the Brizzy Lions. So mm. leaning on each other a little bit there. And I just feel like the whole group here is very close. And outside of uh, the four walls, are still hang out with each other. Yep. Whereas in Melbourne, I feel like everyone sort of goes their separate ways. You might meet up every now and then. Whereas here, it's like you've just got each other. Like you yeah, don't have okay. – a lot of people are from interstate. So mm. you've just got each other to hang around with and, and enjoy the company of. How did the romance with that? I should say romance. <laughs> romance with Adi even start? Like, tell us because you know it's it's highly talked about, but we also hear that you know he might not have been too happy to even leave Collingwood in the first place. But how did it all begin? What was it? What sparked it? How did this m- amazing friendship begin? Yeah, so I just think probably the first time uh, we ever caught up was after that. I think it was twenty twenty trade period or twenty twenty one. I can't really remember. No, twenty twenty because he came to the dogs. Uh, obviously, I. would I'd uh, actually requested to go to Essendon yep. and then stayed at the Bulldogs. So we caught up. We actually caught up straight away the next day after wow. the trade. Okay. And because he wanted to hear me out and I wanted to speak to him about obviously coming to the to the footy yeah, club. Okay. And I feel like that was the moment where, you know, we just talked it through and he understood my situation and I understood his. And, you know, when you just – you sort of just lay everything out on the table and it's yeah. like, this is me. Like, this is what I'm about. This is what I've been through. These are my experiences. And I felt like that connection was just there from then. Yep. Mm. Um, and then every single day after that, we pretty much hung out. So it was, <laughs> it was good. pretty cool. Yeah. How important is having a, a like a really tight friendship in a, in a big group setting like that? Because like you can also imagine blokes keeping to themselves or blokes are a bit shy and they prefer to be around, you know, four or five as a group. Or like, what, what do you think about having one good mate at a footy? Obviously, you're mates with everyone. Yeah, you're mates with everyone. But it is a... To be honest, without Adam coming at the time that he did and us meeting each other, I probably would have struggled. Yeah. Like, it would have been hard. Footy's really hard. Like, life as a footballer, you get scrutinized every week, week in, week out. You know, if you don't perform well, he's going bad. Like, get rid of him kind of stuff. And you get messages on social media, all this kind of stuff where if you read into it a lot, you start to be overwhelmed by it all. And to have someone that you can lean on, like we were just talking about, like a best friend that you can talk to and actually you know, relay stuff off and, and enjoy each other's company at the same time is priceless, I think. Mm. I feel like you've got to have that within the, you know, I, I, you've got to have a best friend, but then you've also got to have like an inner, inner sanctum bubble that you go to for, for little things. Mm. Like I, I speak to my old man, my mum, uh, a lot, obviously my partner, Tippo and Adam, they're probably the four people or five people in in my little circle. Yeah. No, I love I that. It's, um, it's a great point. My old man brought me and my sister's up, this, his sphere of influence. Like who's in your sphere? Mm. It's good to have five or six people, whether it's a best mate, your, your family, a couple of outsiders. Like you need a core group of people that you can reach out to, whether it's if it's in regards to one thing or another. You can't talk to, you know, your dad that you about what you might talk to 
with the, with uh, Adzi. You mm. know, it's good having a, a few people. Mm. I feel like it's really important to be vulnerable. Like you have to be able to be vulnerable to those people too. Like mm. when you're struggling, you need to be able to talk about it. Because if you don't, then it just bottles up and then all of a sudden it's just so much stuff going through your head. So mm. being able to clear mind and Adam helped me do that, which is H- good. How has that aspect changed from the time that you came into the system or even going through juniors? Like I know in the past 20 years there's been this more focus on say mental health and and vulnerability, have you seen a big shift inside footy clubs, inside the four walls? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the wellbeing space has grown enormously since I've been involved and I feel like those types of people, there's more roles in footy clubs now that they have based on how you're feeling and, you know, we do a diary every day, you know, how you're feeling mentally, you rate yourself out of 10, how'd you sleep, things like that that are always measured and it's still, I feel like if someone is struggling and they don't want to put it on there because they know that they're going to see it, like there's still parts of that, okay. but I feel like the the avenues that they've got now is definitely way better than what it was when I first started out. So who sees it? Sorry, is that just the club, or you're saying like everybody, the whole group, or you've got a group of guys within the team that may may see you? Yeah, no, I think it's just the well-being. Okay, people that so it's see not it. like say three of us, we all see each other and keep each no, other. No, no, okay, no. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it is, you know, if if that's reported, then it'll probably be relayed through the leadership group. Okay to the players and then you'd be able to, you know, go and talk mm. to that person gotcha. if they're struggling or whatever it might be. So it is an awareness thing, but also I feel like you can actually go and you're still aware of it yourself. Yeah, yep. It's interesting hearing you say that about that year because obviously having Adzi there it helps you a lot, but you make a grand final. Yeah. Like how does that, you, you say it was a really tough year, obviously mentally for yourself, but your boys did an amazing job. Yeah, we did. We started that year 6-0, and I'm fairly sure, Yeah. Um, in 2021. And then I did my shoulder. So that was where it became tough for me because I'd started, you know, obviously went through that trade period and everything happened the way that it did. So I wanted to earn the respect back of mm. the fans, the the boys, everyone at the footy club. And I was able to do that for six rounds. And then I'd, you know, go out for mm. 12 to 14 weeks with a shoulder injury, shoulder reconstruction. So Straight away, I was like, you know, up on a high and yeah. as footy does, it brings you back down and then all of mm. a sudden you're, you're pinching yourself that, you know, you're not out there and what's going to happen next. So mm. um, he helped me through that process and he mm. actually did his ankle. I think everyone said that he wanted to join me in rehab <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. couple of weeks later. Yeah, so it worked out and we could just support each other because that was when COVID hit as yeah. well. So through that year, the boys left. They went into state to play games of footy and we were just stuck in Melbourne. Oh, so you were stuck here. Yeah, in yeah. Melbourne doing um, rehab together. So those times are where you're really struggling and yeah. we couldn't see our, like he couldn't see Kim. I couldn't see Tipper. Yep. So like just trying to be able to enjoy each other's yeah. company that way was, was priceless. Yeah, for sure. We talked about, even with Ralph, like we were talking about COVID and just how it, it almost feels like a dream, just the whole, like, and you know, being in Melbourne, just a extreme lockdowns, but for an AFL player, like it was another level. So mm. how do you think back on that time? Is there any, cause it's funny. A lot of people now look back at COVID with the lockdowns and they don't remember maybe how difficult it was. And they, they, there's, you know, when like time passes and you think of things fondly, like good things that happen. How do you think when you reflect on that time period? Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a movie, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh. All yeah, it was a it was a tough time. I mean, we we were probably lucky as footballers to you know still be able to go to work, go and train, things like that. Whereas everyone else in Melbourne was still in lockdown, like they couldn't leave their house. Mm. So I feel like we were lucky in that respect, and we got to go interstate to play games like it never really stopped yeah whereas early days when it was stopped and you couldn't do anything like that if you had if we had had to do that for a certain amount of time it would have been pretty tough yeah so compared to the general public i feel like we'll let off a little bit easy okay but when we had to go to 
interstate and go to hotels and not leave our hotel room. Mm. We went to Gold Coast in 2021, 2020 for a hundred days straight and away from home. They literally told us we were going to have to go for like 30 days and it ended up being a hundred days straight. I remember that. In a hub. That, that, that lockdown was insane. So, I hate yeah. the fact that we're talking about this, to be honest. But, yeah, but I find uh, it really interesting to look back at that yeah. time period, especially from your perspective, because I know what it was like when we were told, I think, one lockdown, two weeks, and nine months later, or six months later, we're still going. Yeah. But how, what's the, how do you keep morale in, within the group during that time period? It's hard because when you go into state and you travel together, you enjoy each other's yeah, company, yeah. but <laughs> all of a sudden you're spent living on top of each other. It's yeah, like, geez, yeah. this bloke, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, have a shower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things like that like it's yeah. it's a it was a but then i felt like we you know you get into your groups your mates you you obviously got friends at the footy club as we talked about yep. you hang out with those boys and you know you cross over with a few others here and there but the hotels were big enough that you could get away from you know of course the footy stuff still yeah. but it just felt like me personally in 2020 i was by the end of that year i was cooked yeah mm. yeah i was ready for a break and wasn't sure what was going on after that so it was nice to um, obviously 2021 start that year pretty normal compared to what it was the year before. When you say you weren't sure, were you like contemplating giving up or, on footy or? No, not giving up. I, I just wasn't sure where I sat, you know, like I wasn't. Within the Bulldogs? Yeah, yeah within okay. the club. And yeah, it was just a tough period. I feel like everyone everyone was probably feeling the same. It was just the unknown. Like yeah. what, are, what are we doing? Like, yeah. We're not going to do this again. Yeah. So. Yeah whether footy was going to continue, to be honest. Like, it was a bit like that. Yeah. Because Victoria was in such a, a bad stage of COVID. Mm, and yeah. footy was played all up north pretty much. So it was a different time and no one really knew what was going to be happening. What What do you love doing outside of footy? I know you've got like a few things. Obviously, we talked about the potty. You've got, you know, the the investment in the pub, mate, back in Vic. But, you know, you obviously love your American sports. In COVID, were you a two, NBA 2K man? What, 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 what do you <laughs> like doing I was actually, back home? In COVID, I was playing Fortnite. Fortnite that was a big thing. Interesting. Then, wasn't it? Yeah. I was playing a lot of it, and then I haven't, I haven't touched it for two years. I, I feel like that's what everybody says. Yeah. yeah. So we can't switch you to FIFA. You're not a FIFA. No, I don't mind FIFA. Yeah. I don't mind it. Do you like your English football at all? Your Premier League. I don't League follow or? it. I used okay. to. I went to um, a Manchester United game. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Old Trafford. Uh, Old Trafford. Ooh, when I was, nice. when was that? 2017. End of 2017. So I went over there by myself, just traveling. Really? Yep. Oh, really? Good on went you. How'd you, get, how'd you sort that ticket out? Was that through <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a hard one to buy. It was yeah. actually a connection. Nick Dawson, <laughs> he probably, he might, he might listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> Mate, they're hard to get. Yeah, yeah. he was, he uh, connected me with someone from Man U. And, oh, very um, nice. Yeah, got me a ticket to the game and I went along and watched, it was Wayne Rooney's return to the oh. Old Trafford when he was playing for Everton. Oh, Dude, that's a big oh, game. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a big game. I forgot that he went back. Yeah. yeah. Score? So, what was the score? Uh, Don't say new all. Nah, it was like 3-1. Okay. I remember Lukaku kicked a couple of goals. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> Might have been the only ones he scored at uh, Man U, yeah. yeah. So I got a jersey, got his number on the back. Of so course. Memories. Memories. So traveling by yourself, has that been something you've done before? Or? Nah, it wasn't. And I didn't really think about it until I caught up. I've, we're family friends with, you know, you obviously know Jared Ruffhead. Yeah. 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 So he. Um, Gippsland boy. Gippsland boy. Dad obviously coached him. When dad retired from the Swans, he went back to Langatha and coached him at Langatha. And um, Ruffy's always been a huge mentor of mine. And I caught up with him at the end of the 2017 year and was like, oh, what do you reckon I should do? He's like, just go travel by yourself. Yeah. And I was like, you serious? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Like, just go and do it. And I, so I went away and two weeks by myself over there in the, um, the UK. Went to London. Actually caught up with him because he was over there at the time for one night. 
So I caught up with him in London. We had a great night. Do, oh, a, bit, do, awesome. do a bit of damage? Go to Soho? No, yeah. I didn't do much damage. It was more just, yeah, we just had a good good time. That's awesome, mate. Enjoyed each other's company for that night. And then I just, I literally just walked around. Like I walked the streets. I met, I met these two older ladies that were on a treasure hunt. So their daughter or someone had done like a, treasure hunt for them years before so they had to go oh, okay. and find all these oh, clues wow yeah it was random as and i just ended up meeting him in the street like i was walking laps of london and then all of a sudden just went on this treasure hunt with him and we oh, ended so you up, continued yeah i continued yeah. I, we ended up finding like a note and it was like <laughs> two it said like two mum or something like 10 years on it was pretty cool oh my that's God. amazing it was under a rock like it'd in, in, been there in for the 10 years london. yeah it'd been there for a long time about 10 years do you know which part of london money jen <laughs> Oh, I don't. I don't no. know. It was near the it was near the Story Bridge. I know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your old man. So, how did you not end up at the Swans? What was the process there? Yeah. So I actually I nominated Sydney. Okay. Um, in my year of the draft, and they they had obviously Callum Mills and myself. Yep. So Millsy, I think, went pick three from memory that year. Um, I don't know. I know I'm a nuffy, but I don't remember all the picks. <laughs> I think he went. I think he went pick three, but they couldn't match a bid. They didn't want to go into deficit to take me as well. So I don't think they could match a bid until around about the thirty mark, and okay. I ended up going twenty six. So would have been in deficit for him and okay. into the year after. That was the first year the point system came in, so everyone right. was a bit like, "Oh, yeah. not sure cool. how it works." Whereas now it's like, huh, "Whatever, we'll go into deficit. That's fine." Yeah. Did, did you think growing up you'd always play for Sydney? Was that what you thought when you when you knew that you were obviously going to play? professional football is that what you you thought was just going to happen yeah I, growing up i was a swan supporter so i loved yeah. it mm. i went up there to do some father-son stuff with him um, okay. adam goods was one that looked after me all the yeah, time cool. when i went up there and not bad Goodsy <laughs> yeah. was yeah Goodsy was awesome and then my uncle well I've got two uncles living in sydney now but one of them lived in sydney at the time so i'd be able to go up there and stay with him a little bit when i was training up there for the yeah. father-son stuff so would have been yeah i mean looking back you're probably like oh yeah i'm gonna play for sydney swans growing up as a kid yeah, but then obviously things worked out the way they did, and we ended up beating them in the 2016 Grand Final. I was just going so. right. to mention that, mate. The you go from wanting to go to the Swans to beating them at Granny, mate. Yeah. first year Premiership, first year. mate. That's we were talking about that last night. Like, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it was good. It was an unbelievable ride. Like yeah. I call it a ride because I was in the in the team at round one, so I played my mm-hmm. first game round one of 2016, and then played for two weeks, got dropped. Played about eight weeks straight in the VFL, was consistent every week, and then came came back, played four games, and then got dropped again, and then came back in and played the rest of the year. Wow! So I was eight games in a row in the VFL. Yep, yep. In my first year. Wow. Which I mean, we were going really well at the time. Yeah. As as a footy club, and well, did did the VFL win the flag that year too? Yeah, they did. Yep. Yeah. So I was very fortunate. I mean to. To come in as a first year player, and all I wanted to do, I'm very grateful actually for my upbringing because Matt Ferguson, when I played at Sale uh, as a junior, I was playing Sale seniors at 15 years old, and he he was a past AFL player with the St Kilda Saints, and Ross Lyon coached him, but he came back to Sale and coached us and gave me my first game at 15 years old, wow. but it was all about role playing, and I learned that then. So when I came into the AFL system, I felt like all I needed to do was play my role, learn yeah, my role okay. and play my role. And I, I, without that, I don't think I would have played in 2016. Do they, because you hear a lot about players that happen to be lucky enough to win a flag in their first year and they take it for granted. 
did, do you think you took it for granted at the time or did you know how special and how hard it was? I mean, maybe being at the dogs, being there only the second ever flag, that might've made a difference, but what, yeah, did you, <laughs> what do you think looking back? Yeah. Uh, looking back, definitely took You're going for, for a three-peat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely took Mate, it for I was granted. going for a three-peat in my head too, yeah. you know. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to play your first year of football and win a grand final, yeah. it's like, how good is this? Like, yeah. Not this is easy, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, you, achieve the highest of highs in your first year and you're like, what else, What? how bad can it be? Yeah. And then sure enough, we went back down the ladder and probably our form wasn't that great up for, I reckon it was two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> he looks at you like you were, you were playing as well. No, but I'll, I'll watch every game, mate, hard on my sleeve. No, I remember the, the next year because they, they brought in Travis Cloak. Yeah. And um, it was meant to be another big year, I mm. remember. I even had the little gold little AFL logo and, yeah, and they struggled. They missed the eight. Yeah, we missed the eight. I've I actually got – I didn't play round one that year. got dropped. Did you? Yeah. Against the Pies? Yep. So I was out of the team. There was a few of us – I think there was a couple of us out of the team. The switched to number year. five that year? Nah, switched no? to number five the year after. Did you? Because that was – I did my shoulder – my other shoulder that year oh. in 2017. So it was – yeah, it was difficult. But I feel like now when we got back in 2021, it was like, righto, this – like if we win this, this is the best thing like ever. It yeah. would be 10 times better than what it was for me personally in 16. But – you look at guys like, you know, Matty Boyd, um, mm-hmm. Dale Morris, all the guys that have been around AFL for 10, 15 years. Like it was the – I understand what they were feeling now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So mm. – tell, tell us about 21 then because like, you did it from outside the four as well. Yeah, well, we tried to lean on that a little bit. <laughs> did you? We were like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're going to do this, do a similar thing to what we did in 16. But it was just – I feel like it's a belief thing. Like we really – in 16, I remember we lost to Freo in the last round in Pav's last game over in Perth and right. 10 days later we had to go back and play West Coast. But after that Freo game, Bevo got us all in together and he was like, boys, like, yes, we've got a few out because we had six blokes, I think, coming back for that final. But everyone in this room, we just need to believe that we're good enough. Well, that was what he told us. He's like, who in this room believes that we're good enough? And then blokes would put up their hand and nearly everyone in the room put up their hand. I think from that moment, it was like, righto, we're going to do this together. Mm. And 21 was similar. Like I feel like we, we were traveling around. We went to... Tassie for the first game against the Bombers. We won pretty convincingly there. And then we came up here to Brizzy and played the Lions. Wasn't that a game? That was unbelievable. But I think from that moment, it was like, righto, like mm. we're a chance at this. Well, let's just give it a red hot yeah. crack. And if we we fail, we fail. And I think it was it was actually pretty disappointing because the grand final up until halfway through the third quarter, we were leading by four goals. Mm. And then they just had an onslaught of goals and – it well, was, it was – uh, do you know about – you would have – It's. I think the moment people talk about that it changed was when uh, Caleb Daniel knocked down Maxi Gorn. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. No, I yeah. don't He put Gorny on his bum. And then the, the other day, actually, the dogs played Freo and I saw Caleb knock down Sean Darcy. Really? Oh, you would have got nervous. And I thought, no, yeah, I did. I thought, oh, no. like. <laughs> so, Dunks, a bit of context. I, I sit with him. And, like, obviously, when the dogs are playing, he gets very stressed. Yeah. Now, there's a few rules, though, when you sit next to Doss and, and watch the dogs. You're not ever allowed to say they're home. doesn't matter how – and me as a neutral, I'll be like, mate, st- don't stress. They're home. No. So we went <laughs> and to I'm ri- like, look at it. Don't. We went to the Richmond, we went to Richmond Dogs game uh, oh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, I don't know if you remember. It was pretty close. And – they're about 10 points up with two or three minutes left. We're sitting at the G and I said, mate, just they're home. And he looked at me, he went red. He goes, don't you ever fucking say that again. <laughs> and then Richmond go forward, kick a goal. And he literally looked at me like it was my fault. Yeah. And he said, see? And I said, mate, 
I would be one of thousands of people that just said the same comment, but I get the blame. But that's oh, no. uh, that's watching footy with him. Yeah, gosh, yeah. that is. Uh, it's funny you say that. It's probably <laughs> it's probably a trending thing with the Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, no. I know. You know, being what? a part of it. Well, you knew that. I often say, Doug, I say, I wish I didn't love footy so much. Yeah, <laughs> or I wish I didn't like. I wish I wasn't so invested. <laughs> and he actually gets mad at anyone, right? That. You know when you barry, well, people, but you would have buried for obviously the Swannies and you, you go to school and you go, oh, we won on the week. We won on the weekend. If he hears anyone say the word we, he goes, what did you have to do with it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, oh, mate, you had nothing to do with it, like, but it's true. <laughs> well, I, it's because I was so invested in St Kilda Footy Club and they yeah. broke my heart so many times that now I'm so detached from it that if they win or they lose, it just has no effect on my week. Yeah. Obviously, it's nice to see them win, but. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be over the moon. I'm not going to brag. I've just kind of detached myself a little bit. And, I, and I'm a happier person for it. We talked about mental yeah. health. Mentally, much happier. But uh, talk to us more. I'm interested in hearing about Bevo because yep. we hear a lot about him and, and especially some of his themes. So we've heard from the outside that some weeks he has a theme for the week. What's the weirdest theme that you can remember he came to maybe on a Monday and said, for the rest of the week, this is what we're doing? Uh, what's the weirdest theme? There's, there was a couple of different ones. I remember one, there was like a boxing one, I think, against the Gold Coast up. It was my first game back, I'm fairly sure, from the shoulder. Mm. And it was just as COVID was about to creep in a little bit in, in 2021. And uh, it was just a boxing theme. And it was all about, you know, fighting yourself out of the corner. I actually saw a snippet of before, the, uh, before we played the dogs at Marvel this year. They were presented Artie, Artie Jones with his first game and Trav um, Barco was up there talking about fighting themselves out of the corner and I was like, that's the same theme, which oh. Bevo never does the same thing. Oh. So whether he used that, I don't know. But he's had some good ones. I mean, grand final day was about a – I'm fairly sure it was about a boy band and it was all about <laughs> – like this is 16. Yeah. And he came to me in the meeting pre-game, and I was fully like nervous as like I think grand I final. Hearing, yeah, play your instrument or something. Play your instrument. What, <laughs> what, um, what instrument you playing, Dunks? And I'm sitting there like, I'm like shaking, going about to play in the grand final, and I was just like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even think I said anything. So like, yeah, what would you say? I'm, I'm the triangle. I don't know what to say. <laughs> First year player, I was 16 games into my career, and grand God. final day, I was like speechless. With um, 2021 then, because there was all that rage about. The Freed from Desire song. Yeah. And I remember because we, we I remember watching the prelim actually and, and D and I was I was was obviously in Adelaide and we got together. I actually he actually decked out in a full Bulldogs kit. I got him in a jumper and we sat on the couch and things uh, you do for content, mate. <laughs> and and but they made they made that game and then a bit of footage I think leaked out that week. Or it might have been the Brizzy game, I can't remember, and it was all you boys singing in the locker room and Gets to the grand final and obviously the result, but then the the D's ran with that song after the yeah. win. Was it as big a thing as it as it made? No it to way, be? Yeah. no way. But this is what we were talking about earlier. Like you want blokes to show their personality, or everyone wants them to show personality. We played that song every win of that year. Mm. Did you really? So we get in the locker room, and there, I think there was like everyone was having a couple of beers because we it was a twelve. It was, I think it was a fourteen day break before the grand final. After a game of football during the season, if there's a seven-day break, you have a beer together. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's normal. Yeah. Look at the NRL. You look at all that stuff. Like, they're having, they're having beers five days before a game. <laughs> yeah, so it yeah, doesn't yeah, really yeah. matter. They're banging on an esky <laughs> to the team song. <laughs> yeah. But but post-game and then for that to come out and it's like, oh, the Bulldogs getting ahead of themselves here. It's like, no. Oh, that's this so is just This is just normal. Like, mm, yeah. it's not as though this, we've just done this for one game. We were doing it all year. So, it's just frustrating how that all works out. But, yeah, I mean – the D's played it after they won and wasn't a blow up. Wasn't a blow up because I didn't think so. There were blokes 
in our team and in their team that are actually pretty close mates. So it was yeah. more a bit of just a laugh. Like Banter, we, yeah. There, there was a story about us going to a nightclub and everyone getting in a fight. It's like, <laughs> no, we were just standing there and, yeah, they beat us. So we're probably a bit filthy with them yeah. in a grand final. Yeah. But we're not fighting. I mean, I've never been to Perth, but surely there's more than one nightclub. Yeah. Like, surely. I've heard there's not too many. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there wasn't too many on that, <laughs> that time. <laughs> well, with uh, with – I'm interested in Bailey Smith too. Everyone's interested in Bailey Smith. But when he came to the club, like, were you filthy? Because maybe, you know, now suddenly all the girls are Bailey Smith and maybe <laughs> I reckon probably you might have had the rest of this covered up until uh, Bailey Smith. So. Oh, no, I had Paddy Lipinski come in oh, yeah. pretty early. He was um, he was a good-looking rooster. But no, Baz is, yeah, he, he stole the show as soon as he walked in, didn't he? He was a mm. icon of the footy club straight away and – uh, credit to him, he's handled it pretty well. He's going well these days, and obviously been out a bit injured lately. But yeah, he was he was a he was a unique. We talked about unique characters mm. that coming into the to the AFL system. He was very unique coming in straight away and having an immediate impact, not only on the field but off the field yeah, as well. Definitely. Off the, in in all seriousness, do you have to with someone like him that gets all this attention? Do you guys as senior players have to wrap your arms around him and say, "Mate, this is how." Like I suppose, give advice to ha- how to handle it because obviously he he's heightened in terms of his performance as well. Mm. Um, how do you guys deal with it? And who wrapped their arms around you when you came in? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we definitely you definitely offer support, and yeah, you know me personally, I didn't have that kind of attention, so it was hard for me to actually tell him from experience. I guess like probably I think Bonty actually would help him a lot. Yeah, with that kind of stuff because he was obviously iconic as well and had been through a little bit of that kind of thing previously but speaking of bond he was probably the one that wrapped his arms around me when i first came in and taught me the ropes of you know afl football and what it's like but guys like him uh matty boyd dale morris who's actually one of our development coaches now at the lines okay so they were all very good at, at helping me and guiding me through the process because you do early days you ride those well not early days you do it all the time but you ride ups and downs and you're not playing you're out of the team you're struggling you're playing well in the vfl so you you're going through a roller coaster of emotions, and those guys really helped me. Moz, especially with his experience and what he'd been through himself, obviously coming off a rookie list, and I think he was playing twos twos back in his day before okay. he got selected into the AFL. So guys wow. like that actually really, really helped me yeah, along the wow. way. I think he was playing twos twos at Werribee. I yeah, think. he was. Yeah. It might, was, was your uncle coaching then? Don't know. Don't Sats? Know. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to fact check that. Yeah. Who were the Lions when you came up? Who surprised you, I suppose, maybe off field? You might have thought you'd come up against them in previous years. You might have assumed they're what, this type of bloke and then meet them and they're just a totally different cat. Uh, well, er- everyone talks about Darcy Wilmot yep. being the um, character that he is. He is a character. He's a different character. But I've actually connected with him pretty well. So yeah, okay. Like, I just see him as, like, a normal person. He can say some things sometimes that are pretty rogue, and you're like, come on, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Don't worry. We are telling uh, Ralph, our cameraman, mate, just uh, the walls are a bit thin around here, so just yeah. be careful <laughs> when you run your mouth. Yeah. But, no, he's, um, he's great. I feel like everyone's got their character, and it's yeah. all embraced here, which is nice, and everyone's got different personalities that you just connect on, you know, in different areas, which yeah. is awesome. And Marty's one of those guys. But another one that I'll actually mention is Zach Bailey. Okay. So he's... You know, everyone sees on field how, you know, vote like you sort of see his presence and how he plays his footy and he's up and about. He celebrates goals like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And then he's actually one of the, the quietest blokes of, 
around the footy club. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm constantly trying to get into him and get him out of the shell, <laughs> but it's good. What's uh, Fags and Bevo seem like very similar coaches in terms of they just seem like such good blokes. Yeah. I mean, what's Chris Fagan like as a coach and a, and a person? Yeah, Fags has been awesome ever since I met him. Really, he's um he's like that father figure, and I feel like you can see that. Well, I could see that definitely from afar playing when I was playing at the Dogs and looking at the Brisbane Lions. It's like, well, how everyone's playing for Fags, like they're actually out there. And seeing him up close and personal, he just cares about you as a person. Like the footy stuff comes second almost is make sure you get your life right and everything's yep. going well in your life before you worry about actually performing on field. And I feel I feel like Fags has been really good at that. Bevo's similar. I feel like he's been he was similar as well in terms of being able to get to know you and he was probably a little bit more footy orientated though. Mm. Whereas Fags is all about life and and helping each other grow, I feel, which is which is awesome. And, you know, you see all the assistant coaches, everyone's got their role. And I think Fags really paints that picture really well uh, amongst the footy club. Great. How's his hammy? <laughs> I think it's all right now. Yeah, it's good. I think, yeah, what, what happened? I think I might have missed that. Um, oh, it's years ago now. No, but down the, the fun- slide. Oh, the, oh that's still yeah, one of the funniest yeah. things I've yeah. ever seen. Oh, it yeah. is funny. He told me that story, um, how it all happened, like, and what he was thinking. But it's just unbelievable at the time. Like the boys were paying him out big time. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Oh, we, well, we love this question to ex-players or current players in this case. But uh, biggest spray you've copped from Fags be, or Bevo or either? Uh, have I you copped one from Fags? Even 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 back in uh, Sale when you're playing it as a 15 year old, have you copped any real sprays? I just remember one. Stands out. I remember one of my first year with Bevo. I was uh, <laughs> I was I took a mark on the halfback flank and. We were going to, I was going to switch the ball and Luke Dallas and I used to practice these like inside out kicks. So like <laughs> you fake it that you're going to switch it and then you just pull this little kick inside and Dal was there like on the inside 45 and I was like, oh, I'm going to try and do this kick. And we were, we were down at the time, like Essendon, I think we were close to the bottom of the ladder and we were obviously trying to challenge for finals. This is round 20, I reckon, yep. of the AFL season in 16. And I tried to do it and... Missed the kick. They kicked the goal. Got dragged. Bevo on the phone. It's like, oh, I won't, I won't, I won't repeat what he actually For said, sure. but you can imagine. Like, yeah. it was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Ten games into your AFL career and you're trying to pull off that. Oh, like, he's used that card yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was, yeah. When I mean, you copper spray like that, how how do you tend to respond? Are you the one that, okay, oh, I just want to take it, like you almost don't want to get the ball anymore and you want to just hide or are you the one, one that I actually want to get out and – Rack up for 30. Now, now I'll probably see it more motivational. Yeah, whereas okay. at the time I shit myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh no, I'm going to be out of the team next week. Yeah, and well, that's it. I suppose when you're so young as well, like, yeah. and you're maybe as a fringe player in, in those days, that, yeah, that would be tough. Yeah, it was hard because that at that time I was playing my role and I wasn't really yeah. doing anything above expectation or below expectation. So I think, I think Bevo knew that that wasn't me. But to yeah, pull me okay. up on it straight away yeah. was probably really effective. Yeah. It'd be rude not to, to mention, but the Marcus Bonapelli playing 200 games. I mean, you've played with a lot of good players and now you've moved to Brisbane. I mean, you've you've got an array of absolute guns. Like, well, you look at the midfield, it's just so stacked. But the Bont, mate, like 200 games, I can't believe it's happened that quick. But what was he like as a player, a teammate, and, and being able to play in that midfield? Yeah, mate, he's one of the the greatest, I reckon, of all time that I've ever seen. Um, the way that he – if you saw what he did – off field and away from the all the cameras and the lights and all that kind of stuff. He puts a power of work in during the week. He's the first into the club, last to leave. Like he's doing everything in his power to get better. And to me, it's no surprise. I sent him a text 
um, last week just about it. Well, no surprise why he's up there with one of the greatest in the game because the work that he does and his professionalism and he's he started now, like he's obviously the skipper of the dogs, he started to help others grow as well and he helped me to where to get to where I am today. So I wouldn't be here without him. So it was a, obviously an amazing achievement, but to do it so quickly and you look at all these accolades already, <laughs> like, and he's, what, yeah. 28 years old. Yeah, I know. Still got a lot of time to go. I must admit, uh, I said this to my girlfriend the other night. It came up and I went, geez, I'm 28 and look at my life. Like, just, <laughs> Jesus, look at me. I'm absolutely nuffy. No, nah, he's a star, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and even better person too. So yeah, great. good on him. Um, yeah, congratulations to Bond. Following on just from the question earlier, best sledge you may have copped on the field from an opponent. Oh. I mean, from an opponent? I don't really cop sledges from opponents. Yeah, I reckon you'd be a tough Actually, man to sledge. You know what might be a good question is what's uh, what's a sledge you've heard liver? get away with Ooh. and you've just gone, come on, Libba. Or, 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 <laughs> he's, a, he's known to be a Slater, isn't he? Yeah. Or is yeah. there any that make you like genuinely laugh? Nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Libba just makes me laugh in general. Like, <laughs> he did, he'll say something, it won't even make sense and you just laugh against yeah. Libba. Yeah. Um, I laughed. Yeah, oh, he, it, he When we played against him this year, he tackled me in the first like five seconds of the game and he was saying something in my ear. He's like, because he tackled me so hard, he was like trying to rough me up. Yeah. It's like, sorry, man, I had to do this. Like, I was just like, that's just funny. That is funny. That is everyone outside singing, he hates him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he hates me. That's so But then funny. he's in my ear, he's like, sorry, mate, just had to do this. Yeah. And that was it. That's so good. Like, well, you, things you, like that. You see, like, obviously, you and Adzi talked about the other day, but you see, like, the whole Rory Lobb thing and them, them yeah. laughing about it, obviously. Yeah. yeah it's quite, it's, it's well known. You have to get after him, don't you? Yeah. But, I mean, it's just a thing. Like, everyone's going to potentially boo the person that's left the club and yeah. coming back. But, yeah, it's all tongue-in-cheek. Like, I don't – as I said earlier, I don't have any bad feelings with any of the boys at the Dogs whatsoever. So to go back and play against them and cop a bit of heat was, to me, funny because they don't, I know that they don't dislike me. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a bit fake, but it didn't work with Lobby, I don't think, either. No. Nah. <laughs> did he go well? Did he go well? I kicked a few points, the big fella. Yeah, he still went well. Yeah, I thought he, he did he well. He played a good game. Him. And, um, yeah, I think it really actually affected Freo, to be honest. Mm. I think they focused too much on it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm sort of saying. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they just – thought too much about that kind of stuff and the game within the game didn't take care of the game itself. So, Do you think – is it addressed much about ex-players playing against their old teams? Do you reckon the dogs talked about it much or they may have mentioned it? But Yeah, I mean, that week they probably – they would have touched on it a little bit, I'm mm. assuming, but they were 0-2, I think, they just yeah. lost to the Saints. So they would have been talking about a whole lot of stuff yeah, okay. that week and uh, the media was all over them. So, yeah, I doubt – and Bevo, like I said, I didn't leave on bad terms. So yeah, Bevo exactly. wouldn't have really been like, this bloke's left because yeah. he hated the, the joint. Like, yeah. it wasn't like that. So, yeah, I don't think there would have been too much. And from all reports, it wasn't wasn't that much. Yeah. But even for us, when we – you know, we played Collingwood the next day. Mm-hmm. He was coming up against his old team. There was nothing really said about, you know, Mac is playing against us. Like, let's yeah. show him that he shouldn't have left. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Like, nah, never. It's all media. Should we get into the uh, fan questions? I think we should. I think we should. Now, our fan questions are brought to you by our good friends, Fleet Plant Hire Dice. As you know, whether you need excavation, truck hire, or plant hire, they have you covered. Head to fbh.com.au and request a quote today. So, we've got a few questions for you, mate. Yeah. Uh, And there's a couple of good ones in there, actually. So, a couple of juicy ones. Yeah, a couple of juicies. So, this one comes from, I I always struggle with the names, but Dominic Fazilari. What do you reckon, Fazilari, Ralph? Uh, After your failed trade to Essendon a few years ago, why did you? pick Brisbane as your preferred club of choice? Well, I talked about it a bit earlier, but more just, I think, the lifestyle and obviously life after football and 
when I uh, the Essendon stuff was happening, it was my life was looking a lot different then, and I feel like now it's obviously I met Tipper, uh, my partner, who's from from Queensland herself. So yeah, I feel like the the post footy stuff and post career stuff for the both of us is going to be up here, and it was just a nice opportunity to get started now. Mikey Bednarak, he says, "What's your favourite cafe in the western suburbs?" It's a good one in Brisbane or. In no, maybe let's go both because yeah. we're in the west of Brisbane right now. I mean, or it's West End. It's West End. It's I would say well, most would say south side of the river. South side. I'm I'm west over in uh, Paddington where I am. Best cafe around there. I'm gonna say Chapter Four. It's called. We might have to head there after. Yeah, yeah. have a look. <laughs> have a look. There's a few around the area in Melbourne in Footscray. I'm gonna say West Forty Eight or Advi. Advi. Yeah, we're Eastern boys, so we're not too uh, familiar with that area. Now, we got Jake Leslie sent in, and he firstly he said to say hi to Dunks. Uh, he was at the Dogs for, for three years. Now, I said to him, mate, do you Jake. have a quick – Yeah. <laughs> I said, do you have any dirt on him? And, he said, and his first message was, yeah, I've got a couple. And then it came back two seconds later. He's actually – no one's going to be bad to say about Dunks. So uh, he said pretty clean cut, but he said they nicknamed him Kenny for a bit. Yeah. Why was that the case? Yeah, Bob Murphy, I saw him on the weekend actually. He was the only guy to continue to call me Ken after like the first <laughs> year. And it was purely because it was like Ken and Barbie. So they thought I was looked like a Ken doll. Yeah. What do you reckon, Dice? Do you think he does? I, I disagreed, but. Yeah. Oh, Did I, you? Don't, I don't reckon. Yeah. I, and um, no, I don't reckon. Very good like looking a, man. I no, I don't reckon. I reckon you're not a Ken doll, but because you play like you're such a one percent player. Yeah. Like you're in. You're, gosh, number one smotherer. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's what I was. I was a bit like, oh, I don't really like this nickname. And then Bobby Murphy, he left. And went. He went to Frio, so I it all stopped. That. Then I saw him in the Frio box the other day. I was like, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It looked a bit weird. Jack Sats. Oh, this is probably more of a uh, tongue-in-cheek one. Uh, who's better at footy, Josh or Ads? Adam's got the runs on the board, so <laughs> let's just say Adam. Has Adam got BNFs under his name? No, he doesn't. What is he? he? Does he have all, all, all flags? No, all Australian either. Yeah. Ooh, are you sure? You want to change your answer? Nah. Doesn't he? Nah, he doesn't. He's been stiff. He's been stiff. He's been All-Australian squad, I think, three or four times. He's stiff. And then second best and fairest at the Pies, but no best and fairest. Who would you pick in Supercoach, yourself or Ads? Uh, <laughs> who makes up more Supercoach? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played Supercoach for a while. Do you know rough averages who maybe averages nah, more? No, I you don't. just stay away from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, fair I enough. mean, I get a lot of messages about it, but... Do you um, actually? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Like from people you know or people you don't like just... No, nah, people that you know like that that do it, that yeah. will say something to you in person. It's like, yeah. I need you, you know, <laughs> come on, I want to put the captain on <laughs> you or something like that. Yeah. I'm surprised at that. But even even fans, when you go and have an open session interstate or whatever it might be and you see people yeah. over the fence, they're like, come on, mate, like you need to lift your game a bit. And you're the skipper this week. Like <laughs> yeah. You let me down last week. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I've got one more question actually before we wrap up and it's similar, but it's about now with obviously gambling being so big and yep. same game multis, like everybody does it. Now- Normally, Josh is a, a quite a, uh, what would you say, reliable 20 disposal or 25. But in we're, not, series, we're not sponsored by sportsmen. We're not sponsored by, by sportsmen, no. And we're not condoning gambling by no. any chance. But it's more of a serious question. Do you get, like, people message you, rogue messages about losing multis or maybe they're positive messages saying thank you, but, but more the negative stuff? And what do you have to say about people that blame players for their, you know, their failed gambling? Yeah, I think it's shocking. I've had... Some horrendous ones, like yeah. terrible. And now these days with social media, you can sort of filter it a little bit so you yep. don't get those types of messages. But, man, like, yeah, I, I got a message one day about going and jumping off the Westgate Bridge, like that kind of stuff, sending me the address, the um, Google Maps directions from Marvel Stadium to the Westgate Bridge, Jeez. like things like that. And you're just like, 
how can these people say that? Like to another person, like if you're down the street, you're not going to go and tell someone that, are you? No, no, it's so like. Yeah. I think it's just it's so bad, and I've got nothing against gambling and all that kind of stuff, but leave the players out of it. Yeah, like if you're going to do it, go for it. Have a guess, whatever. You never know what's going to happen in the AFL field. Like even if I was to be out, if we were allowed to get, it'd be it's actually hard to do. Yeah, of you, course. You can't. Yeah, you can't just expect someone to go out there and. Have twenty five or well, I wondered if we, we're talking about it, and we we'll, it started as a bit of a joke, and then we thought about it more seriously. We were watching the footy a couple of weeks ago, and we we're talking about. Do, do you reckon, like we were saying, do you think players worry about getting hitting certain possession marks or oh. goals because of what may come if they don't? It would not surprise me if that was the case. So you think that maybe guys, maybe at the Lions, they would be thinking, I need like they worried about hitting fifteen <laughs> or twenty or twenty five or two goals or whatever because of the abuse that may mm. come. I feel like I'm, I'm not sure if it would happen at the Lions, but it wouldn't surprise me if throughout the competition yeah. there was one or two guys that would maybe think of it because I've experienced it before. It's not very nice, like when you read it. But now I've obviously learned not to read it. Whereas yeah. a young player comes in, they don't really know about this stuff. So to then experience a message like that, and then probably have to go out there and and feel like you're going to have to you know perform yeah. better to yeah. not cop these messages. Of, yeah, probably realistic. It's yeah. it's more probably disappointing for the people that I'm sure probably sending nice messages. Yeah, well, I don't know how many of those you get, but I mean, like, I mean, now there's probably a lot of players that don't bother checking them now because yeah. they're like, it's just full of crap. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I think the nice messages come from those around you all the time. So if I feel like you get that, but to be honest, <laughs> the negative way outweigh yeah. the the positive for yeah. sure, yeah. which which sucks. Well, mate, I just want to firstly just say a big thank you for joining us today. It's been it happened very quickly, which is nice. Yeah, and, that's uh, good. you know what? Very smooth operator because normally it takes a month or a few weeks. So, <laughs> so mate, well done, thank you. It's no been worries. amazing. Yeah, thank thanks you. so much for your time, Josh. Appreciate your honesty, and I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy listening to this. No it's been an absolute it. pleasure, mate. Mate, hopefully we we'll stay in touch and uh, do some more together later on. Sounds good. Thanks, thanks so. Thanks, mate. So, so um, we're now heading over. Yeah, so audio's done. Now head over to YouTube if you want to get the next uh, the segment. Quiz. We're going to play segment. a little quiz, quiz with Josh, but that's over at YouTube. But uh, everyone listening to audio, thank you. Perfect. D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode. 